Hello and welcome to another episode of the Problematic Sticker Anime Podcast presented by PlayStationUniverse.com. I'm your host, Gary, and we're here to talk about anime with my awesome co-hosts, Alfonso and Ben. Alfonso, say hello. Hello, Pump Daddy. Yes. Wait, you're Pump Daddy. I'm Daddy Justice. You got it wrong. Called yourself. You said hello to yourself. <laughs> <I did>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for correcting me, Daddy Justice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> ben, say hello. I still can't believe we still have these names. Hell yeah. What's he calling me Ben? That's weird. <laughs> Daddy Chills? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> How have you guys been? Being good, yeah. yeah, good enough. That yeah, it's good to hear. Um, we skipped last week because mm-hmm. somebody didn't watch the anime of the week. By the way, I mean, That's technically, both of us didn't. Gary, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's... you watched it, you just didn't finish it. I just completely yeah. forgot about it. <laughs> You'd already but watched it, though, technically. It. So, yeah, I technically had already seen it. I just forgot yeah. a lot about it. Um, but we're going to talk about it. Bungo Stray Dog Season 3 is going to be fun. Yeah. But we got some stuff to talk about here. First off, Dragon Ball Super Manga, latest issue. Let's discuss it a little bit. It was a shorter issue than previous mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. Um, but it was action-packed. We randomly just skipped 15 days forward. I believe it was 15 days. Um, uh, to yeah. Goku and Vegeta arriving on the planet. I forgot the planet's name. I'm planet, not Vegeta. Yes, where Granola, <laughs> Granola's planet. Let's just go yeah. with Granola's planet. To take on the supervillain that they have been told is a supervillain. Yeah. So they fly off to face him while um, the two non-Bojack crew, uh, one goes off to search for the Dragon Balls. The two Dragon Balls are on the planet. Yeah, and the other one is sets off. I believe it's Oil, the bigger guy. He sets off to keep an eye on the battle, see how it's transpiring. Yeah. Um. So Goku, Vegeta, they are flying to where they believe the Granola is, and then they're randomly attacked with. Well, no. Before that, I'm looking at the manga again. They uh, okay, both Vegeta and Goku notice the fact that you know there's a big villain on a rampage, but. All the ruins are intact, and all the cities aren't destroyed. Everything is fine. Nothing is is on fire or smoking at all. Yeah, Everything is yeah. okay. Everything is okay. Yeah, they see the ruins of something that was destroyed, but they see a brand new city in a giant bubble, essentially. Um, but yeah, they head off, and there is... They, they get attacked. Um... The attack is out of nowhere, and they have a hard time dodging it. Um, as they're dodging the attack, they believe they figure out it's coming from the ground, so they go to the ground, and out of nowhere, it starts coming in from the sky. Um, Goku starts using Ultra Instinct to dodge, while Vegeta is just dodging, because he that's what he does. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use Ultra Instinct. Um, but eventually, Goku is almost hit, and Vegeta tells him, listen, dumbass, you haven't mastered Ultra Instinct. Use your goddamn eyes to dodge shit. And he's like, you're right, I should do that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so he does, and it was a terrible move on his part, because he gets hit in the back of the head. Um, I don't 
though if he dies, I well, obviously he doesn't die, but he looks like he's dead. Um, go, Vegeta's a you. Yeah, Vegeta's a you idiot, and he gives them one of the two senzu beans they have. These guys don't prepare for anything at all, do they? <laughs> two <laughs> senzu beans. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> He already uses one senzu bean on Goku, and he's like, I don't know what that was. What hit me? Um, and I believe that's when Granola shows up, right? Yeah. Um, and he starts telling them that he knows that they're Saiyans. Um, he doesn't know why they're not in their giant monkey form. Um, yeah. And he commends them for dodging his attacks and stuff like that, but, you know, they're not gonna leave there alive. Um, so, as always, Goku and Vegeta are like, we're not going to fight you together because that would make too much sense and we'd win. Let's fight you one-on-one and taking turns. The best part of this whole issue, and probably all of Super, is Vegeta letting Goku fight first for the first time. This, this <laughs> is weird. This, this is weird to me. I thought Vegeta was sick because Vegeta's usually the one that always fight, always, you know, getting on. Like Goku's like, why you always gotta fight first? I want a chance to fight for him. Voluntary saying that, I was like, he he planned something. He, he planned no, I something. thought it was perfect because the way I saw it is like Vegeta is tired of being used as the guinea pig for Goku to learn how to no, fight that guy. He gets his ass no, that's, that, that's what I mean. That's mean. That's what I mean. Meaning that okay, Go, Vegeta wants Goku to fight to see the flaws or weaknesses in Cornola. So when is his turn? He has the advantage because that's what Goku usually do when Vegeta fights whoever he fights. Yeah. So it's 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 weird, but it's nice to see it because yeah, I'm tired of Goku always ending. It's like give somebody else a shot. So yeah, yeah. So Vegeta flies off to the ruins to watch the fight. Um, Goku, in all his infinite fighting wisdom, decides to fight as a Super Saiyan, regular as Super Saiyan. <laughs> um, doesn't work out very well for him. Uh, so he goes Super Saiyan God, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, doing a lot better, but Granola is still able to match him pretty easily. Um, and I believe it's when he's in Super Saiyan God that I think it's this one where Granola gets the hit on him, right? I think so, yeah. After a while, he's yeah. dodging it. He's using Ultra Instinct. Using, he found out it, it works better in God form than it does base. Okay, because at one point he does go Super Saiyan Buu, doesn't he? Don't think so. No, I'm pretty sure he does. Keep going forward, man. You'll get there. No, I'm pretty he sure doesn't. he does. Not until the end. Oh, okay. All right, well, yeah, he's he starts using Ultra Instinct to dodge because it's getting really hard to dodge Granola. Yeah. Um, but he's also able to land some hits on Granola, I believe. Um, uh, yeah. But in the end, Granola still gets the upper hand, and he essentially hits him in the gut with his fingers. And Goku yeah. thinks it's okay, but then he feels the effect of the hit. I don't exactly understand ha- what happened with that move, um, personally. Yeah, a vital um, point, which probably... Yeah. Uh, the only way I can describe it is, if you, you've never watched Naruto, really, have you? Well, I know vital points. I know what those are. Yeah. Well, yeah. the um, Hyuga clan in Naruto, and this guy seemed to be about the same, yeah. where they train to just, like... They inject their key into your vital point to to confuse it and block it. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's what his punch does. He like when he taps you, it blocks that point and stops it from working properly. 
Okay. Um, Makes more sense. And the reason why it took it a bit of delay is obviously because, you know, yeah, it's not an instant thing. Okay. Well, you know, Goku goes down to one knee. He loses his Super Saiyan God power. Uh, Vegeta's like, what the hell? He hit him, you know? And then Vegeta kind of just goes off. He goes to start exploring the ruins, and he notices the big footprint of the giant ape. Um, And he believes he knows exactly what's going on now. Um, Granola, at this point, tells Goku that he wants to destroy all the Saiyans because he believes they still work for Frieza. And this took Goku by surprise. Goku's like, Frieza, what the hell are you talking about? Um, And this is when I believe he goes Super Saiyan Blue. Uh, Yeah. And Granola's like, I don't care what the name of the color of your hair is, you're still going to lose. And that's essentially the whole issue. Yeah. Um, So not very long. Um, A lot of dodging attacks and stuff like that. Not too much fighting in this issue. It was definitely a shorter one than the last two we had. Um, No, I think it's about the same. It's just because of the um, fight. Yeah, it's 45 pages, so... It's just because there was so much fighting that it feels faster because, you know, actually, yeah, that's dialogue pages. Uh, let's have a look. Yeah, 48 uh, last time. This one is 47, so. It's like okay. one page. All right. What were your thoughts then, then, on this issue? Um, and where are we going to still- go from here? I still still don't like the fact that Granola is so overpowered just from having all of his power condensed into, you know. Um, but I also find it weird that they just, like, try and stop him and tell him the fact that they don't really work for Freezer. I feel like for it, 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 this all could have been stopped with, like, no, I don't. But will he believe them is, is the question, though, isn't it? They could take him to Freezer. Mm-hmm. Like, can no, we, yes. I mean, Remember I don't Goku... think Goku wants to because he realizes that he's committing atrocities through Frieza <laughs> by letting him live. I don't know. Uh, but this is uh, Goku. Be like, look, we don't work for Frieza, but I can use instant transmission to take you to Frieza. Touch my shoulder, and I'll warp you there. Boom, done, arc. Yeah, but then again, you know how Goku is. He's like, no, I'd rather just fight you instead of take you to Frieza. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah. No, I'm, Any more uh, thoughts then? I can't wait till Vegeta gets the kill, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> You'll hope he gets the kill. As I long enough, he he, he's, he's way overdue. He definitely is overdue for something. Uh, Alfonso, <laughs> your thoughts on this issue? I agree with Ben. I, I hate that Granola's overpowered. I hate how he achieved his, you know, so-called power just to, you know, kill Saiyans and Frieza. I'm just happy that they finally fighting. Like, I'm getting tired of the fillers. Yes, I understand. You have to have fillers before you get to the main plot. I'm just happy that they're fighting. Um, curious about Granola's actual, like, like, 
Ben explained it in terms of Naruto bases, his vital point hits, whatever. I, 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 I hate that Naruto in terms of the Hugo clan. That, that was always annoying. I hope that's not a constant thing with him. But like I said, I, I'm just happy that he started fighting. So, yeah. And I'm curious to Vegeta and this mysterious eight person that he think he know who it is. Bardock. <laughs> um, I'm kind of opposite of you guys. Um, I'm okay with how powerful he is because it makes sense for him to be this powerful because he made the wish to be the most powerful in that universe. Um, I also think it makes sense because if he was already powerful, like he is now without the wish, um, you would think Whis would know about him. Whis would try to recruit him for the Tournament of Power. Um, the fish would obviously know about him, um, but they didn't learn about him until now. Like, I think if you have a character powerful enough that have existed for this long in this universe, then Beerus and Whis would have acknowledged them, at least. Um, as far as Whis knew and Beerus knew, Goku was the most powerful person in, in their universe. Frieza was dead. Um, sure, they all thought the Saiyans were dead as well, but they tracked him down. Um, obviously, you can talk about Brawly, but Brawly wasn't exactly more powerful than Goku when he first arrived on Earth. He gained his power throughout the fight. Um, so, if you look at it going backwards, it would make sense that Granola wasn't already this powerful. He made a wish to become this powerful. Um, it just wouldn't have fit with the Tournament of Power if somebody this powerful existed and they wouldn't have tried to recruit him. At least that's how I see it. I also feel at this point that Frieza has to show up eventually. Like If they go this whole arc without Frieza showing up, it's going to be pointless to even have Frieza in the picture. Um as essentially who he wants to kill the most, right? Like, he freezes the centerpiece here, right? Um, mm -hmm. He has to show up. One way I really up. hope they don't bullshit and say Frieza knew all along, because that'd be so bullshit. Because so Frieza far, knew about Frieza... No, I'm just saying that so far, Frieza's known everything about everyone in the manga. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't want to go to Earth because I know about Margin Boo. Um, and he knew about Beerus in the manga after the Moro arc. He knew about Moro. <laughs> so at this point, well, I don't Beerus, he, I mean, he Frieza might knows know the, somehow. He might know of the planet, but he clearly would know of Granola being as powerful as he is. No, but he'd be like, mm, those people have potential. <laughs> You know? Clearly not, because uh, he just went and had that planet destroyed, and obviously it was sold. <laughs> that planet was already destroyed and sold by the Frieza Force. Um, uh, so he might not even care about the planet, because Frieza doesn't, you know, it's one in billions of planets that his forces have conquered. Like he wouldn't let everything go on. Was it like something <laughs> stupid like that, that there was only 15 planets with life? Or something stupid? Was it? Yeah, there's, no, there, was, no there, was, um, there was like... Uh, I'm going to have to Google it right now. It's something like... Give me a second. 
talk about something else. 31 mortal planets in the whole of the Dragon Ball universe. Well, it seems like Frieza's been fighting a long time to conquer those planets. <laughs> We're only 28 having life on them currently. That's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they mentioned that there was only 31. One, okay, here. Alpha, Arak, Akosia, Alia, Barbaria, Bass. Supposedly the big gay star counts. Uh, Banana. Uh, Behay, Beans, Beerus's planet, um, Cereal. Beerus's planet has one person living on it, Beerus. <laughs> Still counts. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, supposedly there's Fantastic. only like 30. One of them is just oh. Jupiter. The freeze of force <laughs> is terrible, then, if they can't conquer <laughs> these planets. <laughs> Man, more. Meat. Neat. Let's go to that planet. <laughs> <laughs> Yarbra, got... I would assume. Yeah. Na Namek, and then new Namek, of course. Um, Nico Chan. <laughs> Nuts. They're... Nuts, hell yeah. <laughs> I don't remember any of these planets being in GT. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, that... um, yeah I, Frieza has to show up. Like, if he doesn't show up in this arc, it's all for nothing. And who knows? Maybe Frieza will be even more powerful than Granoa. Yeah. Never know. On the, like, if, if Frieza moved on and started conquering planets on a different universe, you know, and he's been getting stronger there. Technically, the wish would only count for Universe 7, so Frieza could yeah. potentially just be more powerful because he's been in a different universe. Um, so, yeah. Now that Frost is gone, Frieza can go conquer both Universe 6 and 7. Um, so, yeah. That was the issue. I'm excited to see what happens next. I'm excited to see what Discovery Vegeta had made and what he had realized. Um, probably what we've already known. That he realized, oh, we conquered his planet. We should probably talk to him instead of fighting him. Vegeta's going to be the cool-headed one. It's going to be great. Um, so yeah, that's Dragon Ball Super. There was no Dragon Ball Heroes episode, as far as I'm aware of. Nope. Okay, good. <laughs> I say good because I, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> um. There was one game I did want to talk about, though. Um, probably should have mentioned it on Unchained, but I'll go ahead and mention it here because it is an anime podcast. Um, Arc System Works, who made Dragon Ball Fighters and are releasing Guilty Gear Strive this month, um, they're apparently done with fighters. Um, I know there's, I think, one more DLC fighter coming out, or two more. I don't remember for sure. Um, but obviously it's all done. It's just a matter of releasing it. Um, there won't be a new season pass. There won't be a sequel. They're done with Dragon Ball Fighters. What you're going to have after the last DLCs come out is what you're going to get. Obviously, they'll still patch stuff. They'll still support the game. But apparently, they're moving on. We have Guilty Gear Strive coming out. But now, they're moving on to another Shonen Jump anime game. Um, a lot has been pitched to them, apparently. And from what I know, 
and from what I've been told, um, we will be getting an Arc System Works fighting game based on My Hero Academia. That is going to be the next Shonen Jump fighting game from them. Um, yeah, and supposedly the character roster already leaked, and yeah. <laughs> no. There's a lot of characters to go through, obviously, so you're yeah. going to have to pick and choose which ones you're going to pick. So that's going to be hard for them. Um, because you have three seasons worth of characters, or four seasons now. Um, and, like, if you look at it, literally, you can have the entire roster of just a class. But then you have no villains. So you're going to have to cut somebody to have villains. Um, well, supposedly, from the leak, there's only, like, two villains. Exactly. <laughs> Which sucks. Yeah. But then... My Hero Academia really doesn't have villains that last more than two episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember what... The, yes. I, can't, I can't find it, but yeah, I remember seeing like the character list. And, mm. yeah. So yeah. My Hero Academia. Now, obviously you're probably wondering, okay, Shonen Jump has a lot of franchises they can do. Um, Naruto is not going to happen because Cyber Connect 2 had already done Ultimate Ninja yeah. Storm, and those were great games. Um, um, yeah. Demon Slayer, they're doing that now, so that's off the table. Uh, the big ones that were discussed, obviously, besides My Hero Academia, was One Piece, which would have worked perfectly for this, but then you're even looking at an even more massive roster, um, and oh, who are you going to put in there? Um, and the other one that was discussed was JoJo's Bizarre Adventure which Arc System Works actually wanted to do themselves. Um, but apparently, from what I understand, um, they couldn't reach a deal that could work for them because the owners of the JoJo franchise, they just don't believe the franchise is popular enough outside of Japan yet compared to My Hero Academia and even One Piece to warrant a game of this kind of caliber. Which sucks, because a JoJo's game would have been a f perfect fit, instantaneously perfect fit for Arc System Works, because Guilty Gear is already batshit crazy, just like JoJo's is, when it comes to their characters. You have a character named Soul Bad Guy, for God's sakes, come on. Um, but, alas, it's not happening. And My Hero Academia is. So, Ben, you talked a little bit about it already, uh, but your thoughts? Are you excited for this? I'm kind of excited because I like my heroes, so... Um, but if the roster is true, I'm not excited about the roster. You get you all might though. <laughs> Yay? Not enough. Well, okay, well, what bothers you about the roster? Like, who's not in it that you want I'm in? I'm trying to remember it, exactly. but I remember a lot of the class... The actual class A, I'm in it. There's a lot of, like... Apparently, yeah. So apparently it's going to be a two-on-two -two fighter. 2D fighter. Yeah. Um, and a lot of characters are going to be in the game, they're just going to be support characters. So they'll just come in, do like a support move, and then get out. Like, you won't actually be able to play with yeah. them. Mm -hmm. So this is basically Ultimate Ninja 1 all over again. <laughs> they did this in Ultimate Ninja 1 for Naruto, when they only had 12 characters out of the whole list, and there were characters, but they were supported characters for the main 12. Yeah, yeah <laughs> boy. Of course. But, you know, it's also one of the issues they ran into with fighters as well. Like, you have this massive roster of 
Dragon Ball characters from Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Super at that time. Yeah. Who do you pick to put in the game? And a lot of characters were now put in that obviously made it in later as DLC and some that still haven't appeared, Garlic Jr. Um, <laughs> that shouldn't have appeared. <laughs> um, but obviously, like you said, Ben, with My Hero Academia, like you have support characters coming in. Like, Does that take them off the table of being future DLC characters if they're just support characters? I hope not, because I don't think we even getting sued. Yeah. The frog lady in it. Mm-hmm. So, I I can't find the list now. But there was not many, like, nah. It could have been pulled. Maybe. I think it was on yeah. M4G at one point, and then I saw it already on Reset Era. But, yeah, I can't find the thread anymore. Mm. So. Then yeah. I, hopefully, um, some, I'm wrong and some of the characters are in it that are, like, I just want most of the class playable. Um, make a lot of the villains. Because there is quite a lot of villains that are repeated. Like from the... Um, oh, what's it called? Oh, I can't, the hand guys group. Mm-hmm. Oh, the leader of assassins. Wait. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got the warp guy. You got... You got the um, one that can clone himself. Twice. Uh, Twice, and um, you got quite a lot of characters that could work as villains for that. Um, they all have different powers, and then you know, I think one of them was like Genist was going to be one of the characters that were playable. I'm like, who what who remembers Genist? <laughs> well, when you're lacking villains, this is you got to go with what you get, man. Uh, he's a hero. Oh, even then. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the decisions behind it is. Watch, watch the complaint be like, "Man, I love the My Hero Academia game, but there's too many Deku's. We've got one percent <laughs> Deku, five percent Deku, twenty no, percent Deku, Deku, um, full Cowling Deku, um, Spider Spider Deku from the <laughs> recent season." Mm. Spider Deku, Spider Deku. So yeah, uh, Alfonso, your thoughts mm-hmm. then? <sighs> um, I don't know about I don't I don't know about this this one because like this not it's not the first Myer Academia game. Um, I I did play um One Justice and I think the other one was called One Justice too. I'm not sure, but. I don't know. Those games were were broken to me. I didn't. I wasn't really into them. So it, it, they have to do major improvements for this one for for me to be persuaded to play and buy it. But um, as far as characters, like I said, this is like I said, it's all is this Naruto all over again, and um, <laughs> like lately in terms of the anime, I as much as like class to me, class, I prefer class A. I I liking some of the characters from Class B. Some of their their um, quirks are more interesting than the ones from Class A. So I would like to see them incorporated in the game. But if you're limiting your like your character slot in terms of who you're gonna pick, obviously they're gonna choose Class A because Class A is shown more in terms of um, 
the situations they they they've been in in terms of the the the, the enemies they've been fighting over the. I can't say five because they didn't really fight no energy in five years. In terms of the past four seasons, so um, yeah, it's either like you said, it's either DLC or you will see them the, these characters in sequels if they continue to build on this first title. Um, I, I, I have to see when more the more more is is available when they add more to it. So as of right now, it's a no for me. Would you have preferred a One Piece or a JoJo's game instead? Yeah, I, I read a JoJo because there there isn't a proper JoJo game. We we had One Piece already, so yeah, I, I read a JoJo yeah. over One Piece. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine One Piece would be just too hard for them to pick characters in all honesty. Yeah. <laughs> just so many. Um, Alrighty, that's really the only game news I have. So, let's move on then to the anime of the three-week, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. Bungo Stray Dog Season 3, Alfonso, this was your decision, your choice. It's a good choice. Yeah. It's one that I watched the second time now. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So, let's get right into it. We start off with flashbacks. And Man, before pack. you go into it, before you go into it, I gotta say this. This series is the best series so far in terms of recommendation that we we chosen overall that we chosen that does backstory so well, mm-hmm. and most of the times when we choose recommendation, they, they we they have certain backstory is usually like one or two episodes. This is the second time because obviously season two, but this is the second time that this series has given us four episodes of backstory, and <laughs> because of it. I love it so much. And I'm looking at this and I was like, going forward, I'm not counting Ben. Yes, Ben, because Ben has a series. I'm not counting Ben's fan service because I used to suspect that this to be funny and hilarious. I don't, I'm not expecting backstory for that. But with you, Gary, with your, your, your psychological shit and, and you know, like, kill all children and shit like that, I expect <laughs> backstory. I, I expect at least, give me at least two. At least two. I'll be fine with that. If it doesn't have backstory, I know when it comes to my radio, I just say, oh, it's great, blah, blah, blah. But I had to re-evaluate the, the, the recommendation that we're doing because what I see Bungle Dogs do, backstory is a key factor in this, this series. And it, and it does it so well. And, yeah, look, moving forward, backstory has to be a must in terms of the series that we're going to recommend. Like, go on, Gary. You know, I, I have to agree with you. I actually prefer the backstory episodes more than the current day stuff. <laughs> no, honestly. Yeah. Um, because they do a lot of cool stuff with the backstory, especially when it comes to the radical changes of characters, especially Dazai. Um, yes, that's what I see. Even though, even though Dazai, even though Dazai is like the main character in terms of his backstory, it's his mm-hmm. interaction with the other people in his backstory that makes it that makes you understand Dazai even more throughout the series, the the, the season, the episode, mm. and, and his manipulation. Why, yeah, yeah, and that's his why manipulation oh, yes, is on another yes, level. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, the first three episodes of the season are backstory episodes, uh, mostly about how Dazai met met Chuya 
Chuya, mm-hmm. as we know, is the guy who controls gravity for the Port Mafia. Well, uh, essentially one of the most powerful characters in the show. Um, mm-hmm. And how he meets him. So essentially we get uh, the flashback episode of how Mori became the leader of the Port Mafia. Um, he yeah. killed the previous leader who was essentially on his deathbed. Uh, and he demanded that Mori execute his orders by having the Port Mafia kill everybody. Just go into a straight up war against all his rivals. Uh, Ori was like, you're out of your goddamn mind. We're not going to kill people for no goddamn reason. Um, so he kills the boss. And Dazai is there to witness it. He's the only witness to it. Um, and he essentially tells Dazai why he did it. And if Dazai ever reveals why he did it, it could be the end of the Port Mafia and it'll just be in a constant war for power. Uh-huh. And, and Dalsai kind of agrees with it. Um, he goes along with it. But essentially, what's going on right now is Chuya is taking out the Port Mafia uh, with his own little group of kids because um, I believe they just they're trying to stop the Port Mafia and anybody else essentially encroaching on their territory. Yeah. Um, so he has his own group at the time. And he's taken them out, but there's an encounter that happens uh, where we find out, and Dazai finds out through Mori, that the old boss somehow is has come back to life. Uh-huh. And this guy is also targeting you know the area that Chuya is at so Chuya is hunting him as well um, but he just doesn't know who he's hunting is the problem um, so Mori essentially recruits Dazai to go and find out if the boss is alive and if he's really alive because if he's alive and people in the Port Mafia find out there would be an uprising against him and it'll just be an inner war of the Port Mafia so, in a battle that happens in essentially the city, I believe the city is called. Ah, I'm trying to remember what the city's called. It's Yokohama, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Yokohama. Yeah, yeah. yeah, where a massive explosion happened in the city and a whole bunch of people died. Uh, but this is where Chuyo and his family lives of these kids and essentially it's like the slums it's just yeah poor people living there nothing good happens um and this is where they kind of meet up they fight um and chuya is essentially captured by dalzai because dalzai is able to nullify his ability his use of gravity and he captures him and brings him in, and Mori decides that the two of them need to work together to find out if the old Port Mafia boss is alive and essentially figure out what's going on. Um, and he essentially captures his friends, Dazai's friends, and says if he doesn't help them, that he's going to kill them. Mori says. Um, so okay. he's essentially forced to work with the Port Mafia in order for these kids not to die. Um, and obviously he hates Dazai. Dazai hates mm-hmm. him. Um, 
but they have to work together. And Dazai, we are like like we just talked about. He's a manipulative asshole. Yes, he manipulates he every situation to get what he wants. There is that moment when they're playing in the arcade, and Dazai's friends come in. Well, not Dazai's. Chuya's friends come in, uh-huh. and he's like, "Hey, they captured our guys. We gotta go stop them right now." Um, hey, I have a phone call. Can you uh, take over, Alfonso? Yeah, um, it's a little, it's a little fuzzy, but um, Dazai, Dazai, well, True Friends comes in and he tells them that um, he 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 tells um Chua that we gotta go because something came up, and Chua's friends are mad, upset that. Oh, how can you betray us that um, you work with a part mafia and Chuya saying that I'm doing this to protect y'all and he doesn't believe them. And it, like I said, it's a little fuzzy, but I, I believe Dazai does something where um, I think he calls the part mafia to tell them to let them go, that you are free. And Chuya could, I don't remember, I don't remember exactly, but. Is that that point where Dazai, you know, calls, he makes a call and he tells them, okay, let them go. We don't longer leave them because Chuya is going to come with me regardless. And it's because of that, that Chuya said, yeah, I got to go. Don't worry. Everything is fine. And like, like Gary said, it's, it's Daz, Dazai's manipulation that you just love so much about him and eventually... They, they go and I think they go back to Kori, uh, Kamihama. I don't remember. Ben, you remember this? I don't remember what, what, what they, where they end up going after they leave the arcade. No, I can't remember. Sorry. It's a little fun. I, I, I don't remember if they went up to meet that guy. Um, the guy that they, they went to question, the guy that was wearing the coat. It's like it's a little fuzzy. I don't, I honestly don't, I don't remember. Oh boy. Mm. Are you talking about Rondo? Is it Ron? Is it that's his name? The guy with Rondo? the coat. Is that who they meet after they leave the arcade? After they leave the arcade, I don't remember. Oh, I remember the arcade now. Yeah, I don't remember where they went. Ah. Oh. No, they after the arcade they went to I forgot where they went, but they, they had to stop they stopped a group that that they got uh that it was looking for intel for. I don't remember what the name of that group was. Oh boy. Routes of the House of the Dead. Was it that? I'm checking online right now, so I'm Gary, you remember? Sorry, my phone got all messed up. <laughs> What the phone call? My bad. They they went somewhere, and I I know that they um oh yeah they they did go somewhere, and they had to take out some some guys that there was that was holding this intel, and Chuya and Daza took them out, and they went inside, and that's when they met that guy, whatever that guy name is. Uh, I can't remember that guy name. Oh boy. Was it Fyodor? Fyodor? 
Yeah, something, or... something, something like that. Yeah. Um, where he had intel on. Oh boy, like my mind is blanking on this. No, yeah. So, <laughs> so no, the two of them essentially make a deal. Of who's gonna find out who the culprit is first? Oh yeah. Yeah. So they go off and do their own thing, but essentially it cuts to the point where Dazai runs into Rondo. Um, and Rondo was very high in the Mafia. Um, he was the guy always complaining about being cold when it's like 100 degrees outside. Um, pretty cool character, in all honesty. Um, but Dazai goes on to tell him that Hey, I know who the corporate is. And Rondo's like, who is it? And Dalai says that, well, it's you. It's uh-huh. you, Rondo. And he goes on to explain how he find out found out that it was Rondo. So essentially, when this big explosion happened, uh, Rondo says that he was there. They were trying to stop or capture something called uh, Akihibaki. Yeah. Or Habaki. Uh, they call it like a demon or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way he described it was he was able to survive the explosion because he used his powers to put a force field around himself. Um, and he says that he saw the coast and all that and all this light. And this is how Dazai knew that he was lying. Because at the time, the coast was not visible. Um, because they had built the city so you couldn't see the coast anymore. From the position that he was in, there's no way he would have been able to see the coast. Um, there was a coast before, but then they built this giant city there and you couldn't see it. Um, and that's how he knew he was lying, because there's no way he would have been able to see the coast from the position that he was in. Um, and, of course, he admits to it finally, uh, and he describes that he saw the coast when he first came to Yokohama and how he saw it before everything was built in this area. Um, so he confronts him and then Chuya shows up and he's like, Hey, Rondo, I know it's you. And then Dazai's like, wait a minute, I've been here first. And then they get into it because he's like, what the hell, man? I figured it out. And Dazai's like, I figured it out first. Um, it's a fun little interaction between the two of them when they were younger. I, I love the, their interactions together. Um, but it's at this point where the old master shows up. And essentially, the old master is a zombie at this point. Like, he's not the same person. I actually don't even remember whose power is being used to keep him alive. I think it's Rondo who's doing it. Yeah, yeah. Because Rondo's yeah. power is pretty crazy um i think he has the power to control what is it he, he's able to create a new dimension in the boxes that he creates i believe yeah it. yes it's something crazy weird um so he's super powerful and the 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 master the revived master he attacks Dazai. Dazai stops him, but he still gets hurt. And Chuya's like, what the hell? Why did you get hurt? Your powers should have nullified his powers. And he's like, that's because he's not using powers. He's literally wielding a fucking scythe, like an actual melee scythe to kill me. Um, 
So the master's not using any powers. Um, and he does, I can't get close enough to um, Rondo to nullify his powers because he's in a different dimension in his own box, so Dazai can't reach him. Um, and he puts Chuya in a similar box that nullified Chuya's powers because Rondo can essentially make whatever he wants in these boxes. And what oh. he made stopped Chuya from using his powers. Um, so during the fight, um, I believe it's Dazai who finds a way to get Tria out of this box, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, well, I think they, they both worked out, because it was like a weird arm thing, right, he had? I can't remember what it was exactly. Was he it? had a metal yeah. arm. Yeah, yeah, he put a metal it. plate on his arm, yeah. 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 But that was he used that to stop the attack from the side. Yeah. But he also, didn't he use that for something to do with the box as well, I feel like? Like, he knew that. Yes, I, I wish I could remember just imagining what happened there. But, but essentially, Bondo starts talking about uh, Akihabara, Arahabaki, Ara sorry. Yeah. Um, and he believes he knows what Arahabaki is, but Chuya was also there. And Chuya says, you don't, I know Arahabaki is real, because Dazai doesn't believe it's real. Rondo says he saw something, he believes it's real. Um, but it, Arahabaki has always been this myth that surrounded the city, that the city was destroyed by Arahabaki. Um, but Chuya says he knows for a fact that it exists, it's real. Um, and this is when he reveals that he himself is Arahabaki. And Arahabaki emerges when Dazai uses his powers at full 100%. Um, he loses control completely. And Arahabaki emerges and just destroys everything. Um, and I believe this is what they use to beat Rondo, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Chuya goes crazy and Rondo can't stop him from using 100% of his powers. And as Chuya is rampaging, just dominating everything, um, I believe this is also where the metal arm comes in. Uh, yeah. He stops Chuya from hurting... Dazai stops Chuya from hurting him by essentially blocking whatever he hits him with with this metal thing that he puts around his arm, and he's able to grab him and nullify his powers, uh, returning him to normal. Um, it was a cool little co sequence, a cool little fight, actually. I, I really enjoyed this fight. I thought Rondo was a great character. Um, yeah. And we also find out from Rondo that he is an American spy. He came to Japan to find, obviously, Arahabaki and to find a certain book. A book okay. that has been mentioned multiple times, and it's also the book that Fitzgerald was looking for in Season 2, the leader of the guild. Uh -huh. um, he killed his own partner, because there's two of them. Um, but he also says that he knows where the book is, I believe. But he refused to tell them uh, before he died. Um, so he died, and Chuya went back to his people. The sheep is what they're called. But the sheep 
they betray Chuya. They stab him. The his best friend stabs him. Says that he betrayed them. He's working for the Port Mafia, and they go out to try to kill him. Chuya breaks the the cliff that he's on, falls into a hole. They go searching for him, but Dazai's there with like thirty members of the Port Mafia, and Dazai says, "Hey." Mori wants you to work for him because the sheep don't want you. You either do it or they come kill you or we can come kill you. And you find out that this is, again, Dazai's purposely called or during the arcade scene, he purposely told them that he's working with the Port Mafia, Shuya is, just so he can stir this moment where he believed that they would betray him. And he would have no choice but to work for the Port Mafia. Daza is an asshole back in the day. <laughs> uh, I think this is also the point where he said, if you do this, like, if you agree to this, because something with, like, protecting Chia friends, if you agree to this, then you have to abide to everything I tell you to do. <laughs> yeah, essentially become his slave, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, if, he obviously agrees only if the poor mafia doesn't hurt any of the sheep. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the deal that's made. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously at the end of that, when, you know, he's talking to Mori, I believe Mori tells him that he can help him control Arahabaki. Um, and they... He he's walking around in the hall with um the the other lady that they have that uses the ghost fighter like uh the snow angel, no, the white uh, white demon snow yeah, demon yeah. snow yeah uh, she uses the same ability and he runs into Daza and he's pissed off because Daza is like hey that's mine he's my guy what are you doing with it <laughs> <laughs> she is like screw you um so it was a cool three episode arc I thought um yeah. Mm-hmm. But this arc, the this three episode backstory, doesn't really read anywhere in the season unless you watch the movie, which yeah, Ben unfortunately didn't know he was part of the 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 third season. No, um, because yeah, yeah, because our Habaki plays a huge role in in the movie. Um, yeah, but that's all I'm gonna really say on the movie. Uh, but we pick up. In modern times again. And we get a few episodes that are just kind of like everyday stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we encounter um, a new hacker character who yeah. used to work for the detective agency, um, but then quit. And they need him to essentially hack a computer that they had discovered uh, on the Moby Dick, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I refuse to do this unless you help me find this girl that I fell in love with the moment I saw her. <laughs> and he's like this really cute, hot girl. Um, yeah. Probably the most attractive character in the whole show, Alex. <laughs> uh-huh. So, um, I forget the two characters. That, that, um, who's the guy who used Dope a Poet? Um, and the main name? characters. Oh my god. Um, Atashi and... Um... Oh, what's his, the guy? Oh, God, what's his name? I know you're talking about the guy with the glasses. That's all yeah. former. Uh, yeah, him. Yeah. Uh. But anyways, the two of them. Um, 
they agree and they go out to try to find this girl. Uh-huh. And he saw her in like a location on the street. Uh, he mentions it. Uh, but we find out that also um, Octagawa's assistant, the blonde girl for yeah. the mafia, she's also looking for this girl because she saw Octagawa with her and she's yeah. jealous because she thinks it's yeah, she, girlfriend yeah. and he, she's in love yeah. with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they run into her and she like begs them to tell them who she is because she saw them looking at a picture of her. And they're like, we don't know. We're looking for her too. And then out of nowhere, they see her on the street. Um, and she starts chasing her. And then he shows up, the, the nerd, the, yeah. the hacker, and he starts chasing her. And she's uh-huh. running, she's pulling off all these crazy acrobatic moves to get away from them, right? Uh-huh. And she gets to an alley and she's trying to go down the sewer drain, I believe. And the blonde girl encounters her and she's like, Stop, freeze. And you see her, she's got her hair up and she's trying to put on a surgical the, mask. Yeah, so, yeah. And she finally realizes who she is. And it's revealed that this girl is actually, um, I think, is it Azumi? Is that her name? I think it was called Sheen. or Sh- I think her name was Sheen. She's essentially the, the, the ninja yeah. for the Port Mafia. And we find out that not only is the ninja a female, because we all, it was assumed that it was a male. Yeah. Um, but she's also Octagawa's sister. <laughs> <laughs> and he was all surprised. <laughs> All surprised, <laughs> and that blonde lady is just like comatose at this point. It was it was a great episode, yeah. and this guy finally gives her a letter confessing his love for her, and obviously she rejects him instantaneously. And you find out that the whole point is he knew he was going to be rejected, but he had to confess his love because it's the only way he can actually get to work. Yeah. <laughs> Which was great. Like he oh, knew, and he's like all depressed that he's been um, rejected, even though he knew he was going to be rejected. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we had that kind of an episode. We had an episode with um, with Francis. Which one is Francis? That's the one oh, yeah. where his assistant goes looking for him, yeah. and he kind of gives up on life because you know. He he lost everything, and he's living in the slums. And yeah, we, we find out yeah. Fitzgerald is alive. Yeah. Um, his assistant finds him in Yokohama in these slums, mm-hmm. uh, begging for money. And we find out that he survives falling off the Moby Dig because his wedding ring saved him. His yeah. wedding ring was worth a lot of money, and he ended up using it in order to essentially create a shield so he doesn't die when he hits the ground. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she gives him some money. Uh, she tries to leave the area. She's attacked uh, by a gang there that knows about um, the guild's assets and they want their assets. Uh-huh. Um, but it doesn't work. And But Fitzgerald shows up and he punches the guy for 50 cents. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. He's like, how much money do you have? <laughs> God. <laughs> And then he's like, give me the most valuable thing you have. And she gives it to him. 
And all he does is power up with it, and they get scared and shit, run away. And he's like, that didn't do anything for me. What was that? <laughs> it's like, is the, this is the most valuable thing you have? Um, but essentially, his deal and with then her was... she was sort of like, um, like um, y- yeah, she's like, an, o- an MIOU is not that much money, or whatever it was. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so, and the deal he made with her is if she gave him the most valuable thing she had, that he would come back and try to rebuild the guild. Which, obviously, he agreed to. So we have this cool little episode of him learning the value of money. Oh, which it's he so never funny. had. It's, it's so funny. It's I can so buy funny. two and money. get one free! Yeah, he had money, but he didn't realize the value of this money. So he's going out, and, you know, they get an apartment. And she's like, I need to go into this apartment for three minutes on my own so she can use her powers. And her power is essentially to slow down time and read and come up with a strategy. Um, but she can only do it if she's alone. Yeah, so while, he's, while she's doing that, he goes into the other apartment, which is already occupied <laughs> with this person who owns it. And he just goes down and watches TV. Yeah, he just comes in and he's like, excuse me, hello. He sits down and he just starts laughing for no reason. <laughs> he's like, we bought all the apartment. I thought we bought the whole building. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, we see him doing stupid crap. Like, he goes and he buys a pot because it was buy one, get two free. So he got three of the same pot. He doesn't know how to cook. And she's like, I'm going to have to return so many things. <laughs> The value he finds. Um, oh man! But he also—he's also a very smart guy. Obviously, um, yeah. He finds out about this murder that happened in this, you know, prestigious office building. Uh-huh. Uh And this guy is accused of murdering his coworker, and he's uh-huh. going to trial. And this guy—he created something called the Eyes of God, and it's essentially a surveillance system that detects facial recognition and. Gives you all the information you need, aka Batman's brother's eye. Brother eye, yes. There you yeah, go. Yeah, basically, plot yeah. device, as I'm about to call it. <laughs> this guy's like, I didn't do it. I know I didn't do it, and he believes him. So he goes and he talks to the the CEO of the company. He's like, I can prove that he didn't do it. And this guy is like, I don't need your help. I don't want you to prove anything. Um, which gave Fitzgerald the idea that, hey, he probably did it. He's uh-huh. hiding something, but we can't prove it. So Fitzgerald comes up with this plan to use, um, who's the guy who's just like, um, there's Sherlock Holmes over there. Poe? Yeah, he uses oh, Poe. Yeah. Yeah, he sends Poe to the detective agency to give, uh, is it Ron Poe? Yeah, Ron Poe. Guy? To give Rompo the case so he can solve it. Rompo looks at the pictures and he's like, yep, he didn't do it. It was the CEO. Just instantaneously, he knew that it was the CEO. <laughs> um, so we get to the trial and Fitzgerald says, he goes to the CEO and he's like, hey, I know you killed him. I know you built a back way door into you know, uh-huh. the eyes of God. Uh, so if it catches you doing something bad or committing a crime, it replaces your face with somebody else. Um, and the CEO admits it, 
And Fitzgerald demands that he give him $400,000 to keep him quiet. The CEO agrees and goes back to the trial. And as the verdict is read of guilty, Fitzgerald bursts in and he has a tape recorder that plays the the voice of the guy admitting what he did. Uh And then he's like, tape recorder, uh, two for one. (laughs) I bought it on sale for two for one. It was great. And obviously it's not admissible in court, but he tells the CEO, you should probably look at your stock prices. And he essentially bankrupted the entire company while buying all their stocks on the cheap and then selling it and made $400 million by ruining the CEO's life, essentially. Well, Just like real life. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Because yeah. the stocks went down. He's not going to go to jail because the recording is admissible in court, but he's going to be broken living on the streets at his old age. Um, and Fitzgerald now owns the company. He uh-huh. hires this guy who created the eyes of God, and now he has the eyes of God. And uh-huh. this becomes really important at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we also get another backstory with... Um, the, the Japanese girl and um, White Snow is it Snow Demon, Demon Snow? Snow yeah Demon Snow and what happened with her parents, um, and we find out that one of the guild's members is now working at the bar that they go to or the little restaurant, the coffee shop. Um, she's the one who can create the alternate dimension and keep people there. Yeah, uh, I forget her name, but we get like subtle little episodes like that, kind of explaining some things. Um. Going into essentially the main game, what the most important episode though is with Theodore, and Theodore is this, I believe by his accent, this Russian character. Yeah, and he had appeared in previous seasons, but we really didn't know anything about him. Like he just showed up, he said a couple of lines at the end of the episode, and but then we didn't see him again. Huh? Um. But he has been captured by the Port Mafia and by one of the, their five main members. Um, and he wants him... He's the guy who's, who's the gambler. I don't even know his name. Yeah, but he's able to turn people into jewels? Is that what he does? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's able to turn people into jewels, yeah. Gems. No, sorry, not gems, 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 yeah. Okay. Um but Theodore has been captured and you know he's playing cards with him, this and that, and then he wants him to put on a collar. He says if he doesn't work for him, he's gonna put on this collar, and anybody who has this collar is essentially his servant. And mm-hmm. if they try to take it off, it'll explode killing them. Mm-hmm. Um, he smashes a bottle over Theodore's head and threatens him and stuff like that. And Theodore, as he's be as he's talking to one of um this guy's subordinates, he starts to tell him about his powers, his power to manipulate time and space. Yeah. And the guy comes back later on, and he's like. They start talking, he's like, let's play a game, Theodore says. Any card game, if I win, I'll put on your collar. If 
or if you win, I'll put on your car. If I win, I'm going to go free. Mm-hmm. And in this card game, it's essentially like they draw a card and you have to guess if the next card is going to be higher or lower than the card that was just drawn. And Theodore guesses every single card. And he wins. And the leader guy says, hey, I know what your power is because I had a tape recorder. I was recording everything. He's like, I know what your power is. I know we can't get it. He tries to open the door and he can't open the door. Um, so he believes he's in this time and space world. And Theodore tells him, yes, we are. Our real bodies are in the real world. And eventually they're going to starve and die, which means you're going to die in here too. I have been in this situation before. I can handle it better than you can. So the guy ends up killing himself thinking he's going to wake up. Come to find out that Theodore was lying to him. Theodore doesn't have the power to control time and space. He essentially manipulated the situation into this guy believing what his power is. He knew he was being recorded. He won the card game because he memorized the random bents and scratches on the cards and he knew and he put them all into memory so he knew what card was what depending on the use of the card and how worn out it was which is ridiculous um but he's a genius character he's a very smart character that way yeah he put something into the log that's why he couldn't get the door open so he essentially killed himself believing that he was gonna wake up he didn't he took out one of the main five without even lifting a finger, essentially, against him. Theodore is Dazai. Yeah. And he killed everybody there. And he tells the kid that was talking to him um, that he didn't want the jewels. What he wanted was documents. And these documents are the powers of everybody in the Port Mafia and everybody in the detective agency. Uh Uh-huh. So now he knows who's who and what their powers are. Uh, by the way, Unfortunately, the, the door yeah. was... Um, he didn't block it. He put cork into the keyhole. Okay. Cork into the keyhole. There you go. Yeah. Um, and this last kid, he tells him that, unfortunately, he can't let anybody live in case they say why he was here and what happened here. Um, and he kills him using his power. Now, I... St- don't know what his power was. We just know that he killed him. <laughs> he touched his head is, and he yeah, fell over it and died. Yeah, that's that's something that it is. Is it the, isn't that the guy at the end as well that they don't know who the boy's actual power is? Yeah, so we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, so this was the essentially kind of the start of where the story's gone. Fedor is obviously the main villain of season three, if you yep. can guess. Uh, but essentially what happens is an assassin shows up and he targets um, the, the head of the detective agency. Yeah. Uh, he loses the fight against him, but he's able to poison him. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and he does the same thing to Mori. Mori, though, knows about this guy. He knows that the detective agency leader has been poisoned and he has a plan to stop him. So he fakes his own essential death pretty much. The the car explodes. Um, the little girl that's always with him saves him. Uh-huh. And her power is pretty weird, too. She just goes like neon color yeah. and she's able to fly and do crazy shit. Um, but back on the street, 
He encounters a police officer. Maury automatically recognizes that the police officer is not who he says he is, that he's actually the assassin. Maury is then poisoned as well. Uh-huh. So the two leaders of the both groups are down. Dazai encounters the assassin, I use this in quotations, as being the guy in, um, I believe it was Dazai, wasn't it? No, it wasn't somebody else. It might have been somebody else. But it was the priest guy that worked for the guild. Um, yeah. But he was being mind-controlled, we find out. Um, uh-huh. And Dazai then encounters Theodore in an alley. Yep. And we find out that it's Theodore who is responsible for what happened. And he tells Dazai that they've been poisoned by what's called cannibalism. Uh-huh. And it's a supernatural virus that essentially eats people from the inside out. And now they're connected. So yeah. the only way for them to stop this virus is for one of them to die. If one of them dies, then the other one gets to live. Uh-huh. If none of them die, they both die at the same time. Um, Daza is shot by a sniper. He's hurt. Theodore says he still has his role to play, and his role to play is to inform the detective agency that they have to kill Mori to save their leader. And he obviously does the same thing for the mafia, that they have to kill the detective agency's leader for Mori to live. Um, and he disappears. And before we get that, this... Yes. Before that... That side is crazy because he knew the assassin was there. Yeah, he knew the, he did. yeah. He, it's, uh, I I don't understand him. Like I I really don't that you just go in willingly just to get the information, but know you're gonna get shot. But that well, that's he probably knew he wasn't gonna get shot and killed. Yeah, that, but that's just how Dazai is. Yeah, yeah. but. The Port Mafia then shows up in the hospital that the detective agency leader is looking to kill him. And everybody's there. And the Port Mafia or the detective agency, they don't really know what to do without their leader. Um, Rompo is mentally distraught. Um, but he goes to uh, the guy who uses Dopa Poet, who's now second in command. Yeah. And he tells him, you need to come up with a plan. You come up with a plan, and I'll figure out how to make it work. And essentially, their plan that they come up with was for one of their members, the guy who can create the Matrix, is what I call it, um, he manipulates them and creates false images of everybody from the Detective Agency protecting the leader. Like, they're all there. They're going hands-on deck. Um, this is obviously shown to be a lie. And the plan is they got the leader of the detective agency out of there, and the plan is to find out the person who poisoned them in the first place. If he's nullified by Dazai or killed, then it should break the curse or the virus. Mm-hmm. And it should return them to normal. His name is Pushkin. Mm-hmm. So they go out to find Doc, him. Hi, I'm the... Um, and it's the, the word tiger and the guy who uses Dopa Poet. Um, they Kunikita. Kunikita is his name? Okay, Kunikita. Yeah. 
Um, they track him down to these same slums in Yokohama, and he is a piece of shit who uses children to protect him. Yeah. Um, so in this scene, like they're there, they're trying to capture him, and these kids are shooting at them with machine guns and stuff like that. Uh, Kurikita is able to neutralize them with the with the smoke bomb, I believe it is. Um, mm. But then they run into one girl who has three grenades strapped to her head. And the bird tiger is able to get around her and he catches up to Pushkin. Pushkin has no idea what the hell he's talking about. And he says that this Russian guy told him that you're going to come after him. This is what he had to do. Um, and he told him essentially the next step that they have to do like they're never going to catch him you have to decide um if you're going to kill this guy or not you have to kill mori um while what's his name again double pole guy kunikita is trying to talk this girl out of blowing herself up and he doesn't succeed and he doesn't succeed because our Russian friend warned her that he's going to manipulate her yeah. into. Well, mainly to, to if he brought brought out his book. Yeah, if he brought out his ba- book, yeah, that yeah. he's lying to her and he's going to hurt her brother. Um, and she kills herself right in front of him. Yeah, and it's yeah. a horrible scene. It really is. Yeah. Um, but you know. We cut to, I believe we cut here to um, the Matrix kid, and obviously the ruse isn't working anymore. They have failed to capture Pushkin, so the Port Mafia is going to kill him. But one of them decide that, okay, we're not going to kill you. You're going to become our double agent. You're going to report everything that happens to them to us, or we're going to kill your sister. And from previous seasons, we've learned not to mess with his sister because he goes on a rampage. Uh-huh. And that's what he did here. His unique ability of just creating illusions kind of turns him into the perfect assassin, as Chuya points out. I believe it's Chuya. Um, and he's able to essentially neutralize all of them and get away from them, which was pretty cool. And one of them realizes that his goal is not to distract them anymore, but to kill Mori. And he almost succeeds. He gets to Mori's room, he's about to stab him, and then Demon Snow's mother, I'm going to call her, stops him because she was warned. And he's about to be killed, and that's when Demon Snow shows up and saves him. Um... They jump out the window. They're shooting at him. She tells them to stop shooting because they might kill the girl who controls Demon Snow, whose name I forget. Um, but it's at this point where the detective agency decides that the only way this is going to stop is if we kill Mori. Um, so they obviously they attack the building, the, the mafia's main headquarters there. Um, Rompo goes into a mystical novel book with Poe <laughs> to essentially neutralize yeah. the two of them. Uh, mm-hmm. And who solves the murder in, in this book will get out. Um, so they're gone. 
there's a big firefight and stuff that's going on in the center of Robbie. Uh, the women bomb guy is there. He's blowing shit up everywhere. Um, but they hide the um, leader of the detective agency in uh, that one girl's illusionary world. Yeah. Uh, he wakes up and he tells them that they have to stop fighting. Um, but he's able to get up. He's able to get up and he leaves. And we find out in said episode that Maury is also gone. Uh-huh. And they find out that Maury got up on his own and left as well. So the two of them leave and they essentially meet up in this old house that's been around for a long time. Um, and in the next episode, we get a little backstory between the two of them. They've known each other for over 10 years. Um, the detective agency leader used to work for the government. He was their best swordsman, I guess you can say. And he was hired to protect Mori. Um, and Mori was running an underground medical center that just he helped people of both sides. Um, he helped everybody. It doesn't matter who it was. Um, before a lot of bad shit happened. Um, and it was during that time they kind of grew into a friendship and they essentially became part of it became like a three-way leadership essentially it was the two of them and another guy he was like the grand leader I believe it was along with the government agency which we we see the guy with the glasses a lot Um, yeah I don't remember who the main Guy is though, is the thing that they've been looking for for a long time. He just vanished. Yeah, he's he's uh, the president. Name is Fakuzawa, but he's his like master. He considered him his master. Okay, Fakuzawa. Yeah, he he straight up vanished after he established the three groups. He pretty much established the Port Mafia. He established the detective agency, and he established the government, the GSS, I believe it is. Yeah, and the three of them are supposed to keep balance. If uh-huh. one goes down, then bad shit happens. Um, and he's been missing for a long time, and he hasn't really been missing to us because we see him throughout the show. We just don't yeah. realize it until this yeah. episode. So <laughs> Mori and 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 the detective agency guy are fighting, and the sword guy, the detective agency guy, wins the fight. Right? Yeah. The little girl tries to help Mori. She's not able to. And Mori has a cool, weird ability, too. Like, he uses blood to create children, I guess? That use, yeah. like, those same neon powers to fight? Yeah. yeah. His power is pretty weird. Um, but he tells him that, hey, if the leader of the Port Mafia dies, then the Port Mafia will go into chaos and will start a civil war inside which will envelop the entire city but if the leader of the detective agency dies somebody else just takes over and things go back to normal and he realizes the detective agency guy realizes hey he's kind of right about that but before he's able to do anything Maury shoots a little needle into his neck essentially we think killing him but it's at this moment that Fukushawa, is that a name that you said? Fukuzawa. Yeah. Fukuzawa shows up, and we find out well, Fukuzawa... Well, not yet, no. 
Yeah. Before that, the building explodes. Oh, yes, right? the building explodes. Yes. And he's the one who blew up the building. Oh, no, I oh. thought it was them, to be honest. I, I didn't know he blew up the building. No, he blew up the building to stop the fight. <laughs> yeah. And we find out he's been hanging out in the detective agency and in the Port Mafia as a cat. Yeah. And the cat is um, the Matrix boy's sister's cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's been around a lot. Like, we see him in random episodes, but he's just a fun cat. We never paid attention. But he's been disguised as a cat, and he's pissed off because the two of them are fighting, and he can't retire in peace. And he tells them to call it quits, and he tells them, we find out, we found out where, um, wow, what's the Russian guy's name again? Theodore. Theodore is. Um, he's in a mine in the mountains somewhere. And he sends them out there. Um, so the plan Dazai comes up with is he sits down the Whereboy and Octagawa, and he's like, you guys are going to infiltrate it together, and you're going to work together, and you're going to find Pushkin. His real name is still Pushkin. To nullify this curse. Or this virus. And <laughs> Octagawa is like in a comatose state. And he's just like, yes. Yes, I agree. I'll do it. And Whereboy is like, huh, he's not gonna work with me. He hates me. Um, but eventually they go out together, and they infiltrate the mine. Um, they encounter two people. They they hold them hostage, um, and they try to get behind this big door that w- one of these hostages tells them about. Um, he calls the hacker guy. The hacker guy is like, okay, let me figure out how to do this. And then I believe it's Rompo that calls them, isn't it? It's either Rompo or the Matrix kid. I don't remember. But one of them tells them that Pushkin is there and he's literally like two feet away from them. Uh And the Were Tiger pushes Octagon out of the way, and we find out that one of the hostages they had is actually Pushkin. And I believe he infects the two of them with the virus as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now they're linked. If one of them dies, the other one lives. Um, and he runs away. And as they chase him throughout this whole encounter, they encounter uh, Fyodor's right-hand man, his butler, who is a psychopath. <laughs> he looks like a psychopath, but he can control sand or earth, I believe it is. Uh, yeah. And he can create, yeah, he creates like these giant golems and stuff like that. So Octagawa and him are forced to fight this this butler, and Pushkin gets away from the mines. Um. They eventually combine their strengths to fight, and Octagawa is the one who encourages Red Tiger to to unleash his full power. And he's able to do it because he knows just how powerful it was because he sighed against the fight with Fitzgerald. Yeah. And he's able to do it, and he, they're able to take him out. It was actually a pretty cool fight, in all honesty, better than what I can describe it as. Yeah, it was one but of the again, best fights in the season, I thought. 
yeah, we see the cool combination of moves the two of them. Like they work so well together. Um, obviously, one is more mid range to long range with his, you know, Rashomon, and the other one is more melee, so they complement each other very well. Uh-huh. Um, but the is in a helicopter, and they're trying to find out where Pushkin is. And there's this whole plan for him to get away where they send out a bunch of decoys. There's a truck here, there's a group of hikers here, and Dazai is trying to figure out who it is, and he's just knocking them left and right. Like, that's not it, that's too obvious, that's not it. They need to stop him because they have to stop him within 12 hours, is what the time limit was before they died. Um, but eventually, he calls for one. It was just some random hiker, and it ended up being false. Um, And this part I'm a little fuzzy on, because the two, the Were-Tiger and Octagawa, they've lost him already. So they go and try to find Theodore, who's supposedly still in the mine. Um, Yeah. But Pushkin finally gets out, and he's all super happy, only to run into not only Dazai, but Mori and the leader of the detective agency. Now, I'm a little fuzzy about how he figured out that this is where he was. If you guys He can... just worked out it was the most simple way to get out. That's what he said. Okay. He's like, well, this is the easiest and most simple way anyone would get out. And the guy keeps calling himself simple, didn't he? It's like, look, all these overpowered <laughs> people, blah, blah, blah. I'm just a lowly class, blah, blah, blah. So they were like, well, this was the low, lowest and easiest way to get out. So it's obviously the way he might go out. Okay. Right, cool, cool. Yeah, because I was a little confused about how he figured it out after he got the the, the last one wrong. Um. So yeah, um, they find so Octagawa and and the other guy they find this container, but Theodore isn't there. And you find out that Theodore was never there in the first place. Yeah. Um. Essentially, Theodore communicates with his people through music and a radio station. Uh-huh. Whatever song is playing is a sign of what needs to be happening, what needs to go on. But what happens um, when the adverts start playing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wish I knew. Um, but he was never there. Master, um, why do we go around by sofas at IKEA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Pushkin automatically says, I'll do whatever you want. I'll, 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 I'll cure you, whatever. And he does. And then we cut to... Oh, no, you missed the at... funny part where they're like... Yes, well, part. He's like, like, please forgive me. Please forgive me. And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll forgive you. Not and then both just smack him at the same time. Wait, no, something's missing. Some, something, something is missing. Because there... Wasn't there a part where Rumpel and Suga? Or oh, that's after... That's after. That's after. That is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause I thought that was I thought this I thought this was I thought that part was before they cured them because they were still fighting. No, he just cured them all. He's just like, nah, he cured. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm pretty sure he didn't yeah, I'm pretty sure Dalai just touched him and nullified all of it. Yeah. Um No, he said he's gonna he'll stop it. Okay. I don't know if that was Because no, Rombo he... is, is at the end. Yeah, Rombo comes yeah. back at the end. Um, 
But yeah, so we cut to a scene where Fedor is in a little coffee shop. And he sees Dazai is there. And he's like, what the hell? Dazai is here. Well, at first he's like, they'll never know who did it. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's Dazai just sitting reading the newspaper. (laughs) Um, and he's surprised he's like holy shit how did you find out i was here and then out of nowhere the guy sitting on the same table puts down a newspaper and lo and behold it's fitzgerald yeah yeah they were able to find theodore by using the eyes of god and that's why the eyes of god was so important and why that episode was so important to where the season goes and he essentially um, he used the eyes of God to find him. He tells Dalzai where he's at. Um, and Fedor is like, I, because Fedor stole all his assets, right? He's able to fund everything because of he stole all the guild shit. And he's like, I can give it back. And he's like, I don't care about it. Like, it's essentially tainted. He doesn't want it. The money back. Um, and he also, Dazai also called the government. And their friend comes, the guy with the glasses, whose name I will never know because he doesn't appear very much. Yeah. And the cops show up. And as they're about to grab him to put the handcuffs on him, Dazai is like, don't touch him. Too late. The guy touches him and he dies instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, the guy says, if you try to do anything like that again, we'll shoot you on the spot. And Fedor is like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, and that's when Fitzgerald turns to Dalzai and asks him, do you know what his power is? And Dalzai, I believe Dalzai say, doesn't, says he doesn't know, right? Yeah. He says something around where he smiles, I don't remember. But we never actually find out what his power is, do we? No. <laughs> Uh, we know that whoever he touches or if they touch him, they die. But there's a lot more to it than that. Um, but then we get the scene in the in in the hotel, I believe it is, or in some restaurant or something, where everybody's just kind of waiting for, you know, the detective agency master to come and scold them because they went to war with the poor mafia against his orders. Um, and that's when Rompo shows up. And they're like, Rompo, you're back. And he's like, yeah, I was able to solve every murder in the case and every killer. And he's like, Poe couldn't handle it. And he just lost it and started killing everybody. Because <laughs> he couldn't uh-huh. figure it out. So he's still stuck in there. Um, so now we know where Poe is. Rompo's out. Everybody's happy. Um, the master forgives them for what they did. Um Everything is nice and shiny. What? Wait, wait, wait. Re- rewind that? You said Poe? Poe, yes. Wait, no, no, no. Gary, you confusing something. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait. We got we we to backtrack. We got we to backtrack. Remember, the thing you said with, with, with Rumpel and, and the other, the other, the other guy who, um, who think of him as his idol. They said, I need you to make a story for me. I need you to make a story for me um, that's better than the one that you made before. Uh, 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 you know, uh, whatever the detail, whatever. And 
it was during it was during when the the, the president and the leader was poisoned. They they had to come to fight. You remember, Rumpel trapped Chuga in the book. They trapped. He oh, trapped okay, yeah, it is Chuga. It's not Poe. My bad. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Chuga is still stuck in the book, killing him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. My bad. Yeah, that's how they neutralized Chuga. You're right. Which I totally. I, Wish I could mend Rumpel because it was during that time the girl with the what are the girl that used the medic that, that hurts people to heal herself. She was like, Oh Rumpel, we know that you're you know, you do it but Rumpel realized that okay, you know I don't have no powers. All right, I'm I'm just human. And he kinda felt bad that they they praise him for, you know, being who he say he is, but he really isn't. Yeah. That moment with with Chuga, that that's for me the best moment for Rumpo. Cause like how do you beat Chuga? Like, Chuga is like OD powerful. I be- and that whole thing with the book was just like that was that to me that was like the best part of like Rumpo in terms of the series that that mm-hmm. this season. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is totally my bad. I thought it was Poe for some reason. <laughs> um so yeah. Um Dalzai has a nice little conversation with the Word Tiger on and talks about Yeah, and you know, they talk about him and uh, Octagawa and if they're gonna team up more often and what happened and he tells them that him and Octagawa made a deal. Octagawa said that he's gonna kill him in six months time. Random date, just six months from now, he's gonna kill the Word Tiger. Mm-hmm. And he challenges him to this fight. And he agrees to it only if Octagawa agrees to not kill anybody for six months. Uh-huh. Then he'll meet him and they'll fight to the death. And Octagawa agrees to it. And it's important because Octagawa is the number one hitman. Uh-huh. And if he's planning not to kill anybody for six months, that's going to be a hindrance to the Port Mafia, I would imagine. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that's essentially the end of the season. Don't forget the best part. <laughs> okay, the best part. Tell us what the best part is. Um, it cuts to Francis in the end. And, they, you know, they're still doing business. And he tells the guy who made his brother um, to the eye that he's going out for a bit. And the guy asks him, where are you going? He said, well, there's a sale on pots. And I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to buy more pots. <laughs> he's all rich now. But he finally understands the value of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, so good. Yeah, but like I said, um, the the story continues. The season, the end of the season, is really in the movie called yeah. Bad Apple, which Ben wasn't aware of um, that it continues on. Um, oh, no. I watched it because I thought it was part of the season when I first watched it originally. Um, but we're not going to talk about that because Ben hasn't seen it yet. Not mm-hmm. yet. But yeah. That's the end of the season. Yeah. All right. Ben, thoughts, score. Okay, thoughts. Pretty much everything you've said right now. It was a very confusing <laughs> anime, and I'm simple boy. Uh, but I would give it 8 out of 10 because I really enjoyed a lot of the animations. So. Mm-hmm. Especially the final fight. That final fight kind of won me over. Before that, probably been about a seven. <laughs> okay. Oh, 
Alfonso. You Russian people are evil, Gary. I'm not saying you're evil. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> we're also but... apparently geniuses if we're able to be the bad guys all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, overall, again, backstory did it again. Back backstory is like the main of these these episodes. I I prefer the backstory. I wish there was more backstory of other characters besides Dazai. Um, I love the fact that even though they they always have common enemies, the Port Mafia and the detectives they usually always work together to take it out because they always. You don't really see that that you have two organizations that they're willing to do anything to um, save the city despite their differences of hating each other. So I love that, you know, they always have this situation, but yeah, they always come together to stop the situation because they love their city. Uh, animation, fight scenes are all crazy. Um, again, I'm giving it a 10 because of backstory. Backstory sold this series for me. It, it's the backstory throughout... A backstory wasn't really present in season one, but two and three, yeah, back backstory sold the series for me. So, um, ten. Alrighty, um, yeah, like you, I love the backstory episodes. Um, I actually really enjoy the stories here. Um, mm -hmm. between the three seasons, um, I like the powers that a lot of the characters have. Um, I like that all of them are important. It's mm -hmm. not like this guy's more important than this guy because his power sucks. They really utilize everybody's powers to their full potential uh, mm -hmm. throughout the show. Um, but yeah, no, like you, I'll, I like it. I'm going to give season three a nine. Um, overall, between the three seasons, I think the show is a nine. Uh, I really yeah. enjoy the show. Really yeah. very much. Um, so yeah. Ben, it's your Come time. On. Your time to shine and show us your pervy anime. <laughs> How about this one? I like the name. Miss Caretaker of Sunohara Su. Shin Aki is okay. an author who is masculinity, so he's heading to Tokyo to live with three female classmates and his vulpatious caretaker. Perfect. <laughs> it's on Funimation. I Perfect. like Funimation because I just clicked the fan service fan service tab. You get what you want. I mean, Alrighty. one episode's just called Melon's Teacher's Drunk. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Alrighty. Ben, where can people reach you? You can find me at MG underscore Chili, uh, Moogle Gogram Radio. Alrighty, shout outs. Any shout outs? Shout out to both Gary and Alfonso, as always. And shout out to anyone who listens. Thank you, thank you. Alfonso. Shout out to you guys. Thank you for having me on. Um, to all the followers, to all the listeners, continue to follow these guys. Like I always say, they're always awesome at what they do. You can follow me on Twitter at AliShan7. And you can reach me at Gagalush on Twitter. That's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H. Shout out to you guys, as always. Thank you for joining me. It's been fun. Ben, I can't wait for your crazy anime time. <laughs> <sighs> and I promise I won't forget to watch this time. Mine has boobs, <laughs> so probably not. <laughs> what I want, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's us. We're done. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>